Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Fem. Hi, Fem fam. Welcome. This is gonna. This is our our new intro. I'm starting it today. I feel Ooh, like it. Mixing cool. it up. <laughs> mixing it up. Yeah. No. We um. Welcome back, guys. It's just another hot freaking day in LA. We're just talking about. It's been a heat wave. It's been 90 degrees. I know all of y'all who are everywhere else are like, oh, shut up. It's already like 30 degrees where I'm at, but. <laughs> No, guys, like the heat can get very tiring and we're kind of tired of it right now. It's been too much. Um, but moving on to the more important um, thing is our guest is Ms. Judy Jean Kwan. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, Absolutely. Hi. Thank you. She is, um, we were just talking about how we got introduced to her and we got an email um stating judy's recent youtube comedy series and they t- attached a teaser trailer we loved the diversity of women that's in your included in your project and just like the tackling moms and and different groups of women and cultures here in venice we'll, we'll get into all of what the show's about but we love what you're doing. We love what you stand for. And we cannot wait to talk to you about all that. So you grew up in a Korean American video store. That is mm-hmm. kind of really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can imagine what sparked your love for film. And uh, so, yeah, you are started out as an Asian American actor. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Um, well, I mean... I've naturally, growing up in LA, you know, I knew I wanted to do something creative and I was actually a musician before I got into acting. And then once I've transitioned into acting, I'm, you know, um, being a Korean American acting actor back in those days, I guess I'm aging myself now, was (laughs) different from what it is now. I think now it's actually opened up um, a bit more and it's, um, there's more um, diversity and more um, interesting and nuanced roles Mm -hmm. for Asian Americans. But when I started, it was the roles were um, prostitutes, liquor store owner, um, immigrant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that pretty much covers it. (laughs) So I had to do a lot of accent, which. Yeah, sounds like dream roles. It's very different, you know, being a liquor store owner and a prostitute. Right. <laughs> oh, you know. Uh, so uh, at least now there's more nuanced roles and there's roles where they um, 
Asian Americans play, could play actual Americans now, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, but back then it was pretty much very stereotyped and um, pe pegged into, um, you know, just that generalization. Yeah. So is that kind of what inspired you to create, you know, this series and your own content, like to create those roles that you wanted to play? Or were you more just like, I just want to be a filmmaker? Uh, well, I mean, I've, like I said, uh, like you guys just said that I grew up in a video store. I've always like storytelling is what I always wanted to do. And that's what I do. I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. So um, just because I'm a storyteller and actually I started writing when I started writing it, I was writing the character that I ended up playing Pepper as mm -hmm. a white woman. Okay. Uh, because um, uh, it seems to me like all of us subconsciously think like the leads are a white female for some reason, or at least I thought it was. And then, uh -huh. and then also writing to a white audience, which was weird. I'm like, why am I writing to some imaginary audience? <laughs> you know. And then when I realized it, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna write what I want to see, you know. So then that's um, how that came about, that project. And then, um, you know, they say, write about your experience, you know, kind of like what you know. And at the time, with the whole gentrification thing happening, I, I live in, lived in Venice. And so I saw all this crazy moms doing crazy stuff. And I'm like, okay, there could be a little comedy in this. So then that's how that, that took off. Yeah. Nice. I love that. It is, it's so, like, for our listeners that aren't here in L.A., <laughs> the people you see doing the craziest stuff like if you think it's weird for like someone to be pushing their dog in a stroller you have not seen anything yet <laughs> so <laughs> I love that your show really highlights that and it's you know it, it shows the moms doing that stuff and then it shows the other moms that are like what the fuck you know <laughs> so yeah I love that you like call that out yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of funny, too. So I'm like, there could be so much comedy in that. And, you know, um, it's it just, and also I wanted to um, focus on funny women and, you know, women, you know, just the diversity with the different kinds of women and intersection intersectionality. Um, like we were talking earlier in LA, there's so much diversity here, yet I see everybody's in their little bubbles and they don't really mix, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I wanted to kind of show that intersectionality and how different people's lives are all in the same area, you know? So um, that's how that came about. And, you know, so... Oh, we'll see. There's, there's a lot, especially when, when you put all of them together and they clash, uh, I, that, that's really what I was interested in seeing. Yeah. <laughs> because what you think is normal might not be normal for somebody else. The, I feel like that's where like the comedic commentary comes into play is like the other moms like commenting on what the other moms are doing. And like, I, I feel like a lot of times in LA, we were just talking about this was like, there's all these little bubbles and because it's such a big city it's funny to see the um yeah the the other characters from diverse groups and backgrounds interact and either poke fun at each other or um I just I I just love the different personalities really coming together um who did you really want to focus on um in these groups of women um, what diverse groups were you really pulling? Well, I mean, because uh, uh, the, the lead character that I end up playing is Pepper, and her best friends are actually Chicano Chicanas, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, uh, uh, in L.A., um, in Venice Beach, actually, um, um, I know the Chicanos, and Chicanos were there before um, um, all these, you know, new moms right. came in into the and even before that was actually um, African-Americans. They were there a long time, like probably since the 
I don't, I, I mean, don't quote me on the year, <laughs> but a long time, you know, like mm-hmm. probably years plus. Um, so uh, like having them actually, so they're the main focus kind of, a Pepper is the main focus. She kind of um, threads the needle between all these different um, uh, groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna, I mean, I, I mean, if I do have future seasons on it, I mean, I have like a whole agenda of getting them all like, you know, smashed into each other, yes. that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but um, yeah, so the, uh, the, the Chicano Chicana family is the main um, uh, best friends of Pepper and they're the basically the ones that's been there for generations and they're the ones getting pushed out because of what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when gentrification happens, um, prices go up and um, they can't afford to live there anymore and they get pushed out. Yeah, I mean, again, people people even that don't live in LA, anyone that lives in a big city knows what gentrification is all about. <laughs> you know, whether you're in that neighborhood that's getting gentrified, yeah. has already been, or wherever you are, like you see the effects of it in your city for sure. Yeah, it's called um, everything goes up in price. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I love like the yoga moms that you have too in there. Like, you know, it's like a totally a stereotypical like LA mom where I'm all for it. Go ahead. Look fabulous. You know, do your like yoga thing. But I think LA definitely tends to take it to like an extra level sometimes. And I think it's like hilarious what you've got going on there. And I have to say, I love, I love the, by the way, the teaser trailer, like, um, I'm all into reggaeton, so I think it's really, like, awesome. <laughs> I thought it was a very comedic song to use. Because, again, it has the Chicano, like, you know, uh, vibe to it, too. So I love that. I love that. I love that. Are you a podcaster like us? Vlogger? Interview conductor? Do you need a VO booth or ADR? Remote audio video professional recording? Ooh, Tessa spilled the tea. Well, the Network Studios in Culver City is a fully functional recording oasis with multiple rooms made to cater specifically to audio podcasts, video interviews, and voiceover, plus an experienced sound engineer with the ability to edit and master, all your needs will be covered. Audio engineer extraordinaire Mike Casentini has worked with several podcast heavy hitters and got us started from the ground up. He's the reason we sound so good. Plus, all of our in-studio guests have been very impressed. To find out more, visit www.thenetworkstudios.com and book your next recording session. COVID compliant and open for business. But Judy, talk to us a little bit about uh, your process. of. So we talked about like why you created the project and how you came up with it. So talk to us a little bit about the actual creation of the product, project, like how you got everyone involved and you know was it were you just spending money out of your own pocket to do it what was your crew like just all that you know kind of almost technical stuff behind it yeah I mean it's yeah it's a lot of you know um spending your own money a lot of begging a lot of begging asking for favors you know how that goes it's a lot of yeah being an independent filmmaker is really tough and not having like a big studio money behind you because you end up having to do a lot of the jobs so I, I just feel like there's not enough time in the day to do all of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, oh, um, um, and I'm grateful because my husband, he's uh, also a DP and a director. So he, we, he co- uh, co-directed it with 
with me and we, I mean, we mm-hmm. directed it together. So it's the process started with, I guess the first, I mean, after the thing, um, the script was written, um, we went and cast it. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, I ended up doing also myself where, you know, you go through the whole casting process and you see everybody and blah, blah, blah. And uh, we were really lucky that we found these actors and they were really, um, um, really funny and great because I know like, especially the hardest part to cast was Giselle, which she's the French, the mom. Uh, uh-huh. And um, a lot of the French actors would come in um, and be very melodramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, comedy, you know, this is not a French new wave. You're not in, you know, Francois Truffaut. This is right. comedy. Um, yeah, so she, yeah, she was very hard to cast. <laughs> um, so after casting, then, you know, it's just everything. We're so, also lucky to have had Anton Lanes, which is um, our good friend and producer, um, just, you know, really, really helped a lot with uh, just managing everything, especially during production, because we've had... Um, a pretty a large cast and mm-hmm. so because it's um you know all these different intersectionality of different groups we have so much people like so much cast that just managing that was hard and then um we have a, we had a lot of locations too because they're all live in different places <laughs> so a lot of begging and then um no I love how honest you are about that I think there's a way to do it. We've talked about on the show on how to like politely ask for favors and how you approach someone. And I'm sure, you know, people trust you based on who you are as a mm-hmm. person. And yeah, sometimes <laughs> I, I mean, spill the tea on that, please. Like it's, it's not easy, I'm sure, but we all, we all do it at to some point in our careers or how we get started, you know, with a project even it might come from, you know, asking for those favors and then that blows up, you know, there's always a way to return too. you know, like if, you know, you're that kind of person, which I assume you definitely are and like want to help always, you know, find a way to give yeah. back. Yeah. And then we were actually also union. We had to go through that whole SAG. Um, mm-hmm. so we had to go through all that paperwork and, um, yeah, just all the logistics. It was complicated and, um, and all the, just the location, just, you know, making sure that each location is different, right? Because it, it, it's owned by different people. So they're all yeah. particular. So even just figuring that out. Yeah, okay. but I mean, to me, the whole um, doing the production and actually shooting was the easiest part because I was I was thinking, man, this is going to be, once we finish shooting it and it's in the can, it's going to be, you know, all like roses and stuff. But actually, it's the <laughs> aftermath that's the hardest. Yeah, post-production is a lot of work. (laughs) Post-production was hard, but I'm talking even beyond that. I'm talking about the business part of trying to sell your project. Mm, Yeah, Um, yeah, but post-production did get harder for us because um, before when we're in production, even though you're um, wrangling a lot of people, we were used to doing production. So that's easy, uh, not easy, but I mean, it was easier comparatively because you're not really bound by one person, you know, it's a big um cast and crew so I mean they all had to work each, with each other and and for some reason we got really lucky we didn't really have uh, um a lot of problems you know there's always fires to put up but nothing major and production went pretty smooth um I think the hardest thing was the baby because you know babies you yeah. could only have them for a few hours at a time and <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really hard to work around that but um when it became post-production um, you're bound by the one editor or the one sound designer and 
their schedule and we were getting pushed around and I just got to a point where I, I actually had to sit down. I, I edited the show myself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how that happened. <laughs> so then after um, you were saying like the business part of it after post-production was really tough, like selling your, your show and everything. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about that. Cause it's, you know, I, with the web series, it's like, well, I can just, you know, throw it up on YouTube and hope it gets a lot of views or you can really market it and really try to monetize it. And, you know, it's like with web series, there's so many different things you can do because there's no like black and white traditional way to go because it's a new thing. So yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, my original intention was this um, show, I was um, looking towards Quibi. I wanted to really mm -hmm. get it in front of Quibi, but um, I couldn't even get in the door to even pitch it to them. Because the yeah. thing with um, after the fact of um, making your film or whatever it is you, um, the web series, whatever you want to call it, is after it's all done and in the can, it's all about connections after that. So right. it becomes really difficult, especially if you don't have family <laughs> or like uh, friends that are related that, and not even having friends because I have friends, but, you know, but that actually wants to help you, you know, yeah. get it in the door, you know? So, um, right, right. yeah, it just became, um, that's, that's like a whole nother thing. Like as an artist, you don't think about, you know, you just, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to make this thing. And then it's it finished. It's a package. Now it's ready to go. But then you realize you have to have like agents, but not just regular agents and managers. These, the, they have to have connections. It's, it's all okay. about connections, which kind of is kind of messed up for us, for artists, because it's like, okay, so I guess as artists, we can't really you know express our voice you know and get it heard um because mm -hmm. that's the point that's uh, to me the most important is uh, not just making it but getting it heard you know once you've read right. um is nearly impossible if you don't really have that connections or get really lucky and i see a lot of um um filmmakers where they make their film and then they just disappear Mm -hmm. you know because of this 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 uh, situation and this problem that I guess a lot of people don't want to talk about but it's I don't know I'm sure they do talk about it but I don't really hear it that often uh, yeah but yeah that's a to me it's a kind of a big problem of why you're not getting as much diverse stories because you there's not uh, equal opportunity should I say <laughs> yeah definitely I mean it's like even just like when it comes to figuring out your budget in the very beginning of like pre pre-production, like you've got to think about that marketing at the very end too, because you have to spend money on that, especially if you don't have connections. And yeah, I mean, how many of us know, you know, people at studio level, like it's, it's not easy. You've got to work the connections you do have, but yeah, even so it's, it's really tough. And Quibi was something we had looked into, um, when we very first, you know, heard rumors about it. And then we were like, oh, so Steven Spielberg has, yeah. you know, a show that's going to be on Quibi. So maybe it's not what we thought it's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, Quibi kind of flopped in the end anyway. So I guess it worked out. I <laughs> yeah, I think we were all hoping that. I think all of us independent filmmakers, we were all like, oh, Quibi, that's awesome. He's going to like do, or, you know, this and that. And mm -hmm. Whitman exactly. and both of them, like, you were like, oh, yeah, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And then you start seeing the, the names coming out of it um for these short web series and it's like they're paying millions and millions of dollars to these you know um really you know well-known actors and directors and you're like oh okay this is the hollywood system again you know which exactly like, was a little disappointing you know so yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> 
No, totally. Um, So let our listeners know too. um, I don't know if we ever, I just realized, ever mentioned the title of your show. So it is MILF Friend, like the F spells out friend. Um, Let our listeners know where they can find you. Do they just search that on YouTube? And do you have other stuff up on YouTube also that they can watch? Yeah, um, it's on YouTube. It's under, um, if you go into the little box where you put the, you know, whatever you're searching for. If you mm-hmm. yo mama rice, it should pop up. Y m a m a r i c e, and um, all the URL would be www.youtube, you know, slash yo mama rice does not cook. Um, that's that's our our platform to launch this show, and I, I have another show on there called Heal by Create, which I kind of did. Um, it's more um, interviews that I did um, of where. Um, I interview creatives and um, healers, and what we what we do is we talk about stress, PTSD, and anxiety, and um, we make some stuff with our hands because I, I feel like um, creating something with your hands and just creating stuff is one way to uh, minimize anxiety and stress and all that great stuff. So wow. I, I actually like interview a bunch of different people who some some of them suffer from them or some of them are therapists that kind of stuff um and um you get to see most of the episodes where we make some cool stuff <laughs> that's awesome I love that and I think you're so right like creating something with your hands like I'm I'm not a crafty kind of person but like when I'm feeling stressed out I'm like okay I'm gonna put a movie on and I'm gonna color <laughs> like <laughs> just doing something creative physically like it it really is a stress reliever for sure yeah even this I mean like even making mill friend or making films filmmaking all this stuff we're creators we're creative you know it's to me um it's just getting getting it all out get you know whatever is inside you just getting it out and I think the whole process is just healing. I, I learned a lot through this whole journey of doing male friend. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. And I, you know, I wouldn't take it back, you know? So. Yeah. Is it going to be an ongoing project for you or? It depends. I mean, this first uh, season, um, um, you know, it was pretty much an out of pocket and all begging. If somebody comes with me with um, funding, yes, because I have, um, you know, multiple seasons that I want to make out of it. But yeah, yeah, not out of my pocket anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I'd like to at least break even, you know. When when is the first episode gonna um, air? Um it already aired on Thursday, episode one and two. And then um okay. episode three and four is gonna air next oh. Thursday. And then after that, we're gonna do one episode um every Thursday. So every week until we uh, release all ten. Yeah. Perfect. So listeners, we're recording this a little earlier than you're going to hear it. So there'll be a few episodes out already by the time you guys listen to this episode. So jump on that train. That's really exciting. Um, And if you guys, like I said, if you haven't watched the trailer yet, start with that so you can get a taste. Like I'm so excited to actually watch these episodes. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash your mama rice. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. If you just think I'm a mom and I like rice, then, you know, (laughs) Love it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That was also on your IMDb is your nickname. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> well, I'm trying to take that whole uh, yo mama jokes and just turn it around, you know? Yeah. yeah. Own it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah, and I love that your show stands for Mom, I Like to Friend. So again, you're taking a spinoff of something that's a little, little derogatory, but it's it's hilarious. Oh, I love that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Judy, for coming on today. I'm so excited to watch your show. Listeners, I hope you guys watch as well. And like just being honest with us about, you know, the whole process, like, yeah, sometimes you got to beg for favors and, and cause we can totally relate to that. And I think a lot of our listeners can too. So it's always inspiring to like, see what comes out of it and see that finished product and like how funny and good it's going to be. And like, to see where that came from, you know, and how you got it made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much, Carolina and Tess. I really appreciate um, you guys um, giving me the opportunity to talk about my show. And hopefully you guys will all like it and go and um, watch it and then share and share with everybody else. And <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I don't have to beg next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in next time for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals over tea. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you leave us a great comment, we might give you a shout-out on the show. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.